0: welcome back to another episode of from dropout to jd this week meet ross a second year at the ohio state Moritz college of law i really enjoyed my conversation with ross and his realness and i hope you guys enjoy it as well whether or not you hear this i want to thank you ross for allowing me to interview you for the podcast it means a lot Also, if you want to see the two of us talk, this podcast has a video version on YouTube. Be sure to check it out. Also, thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. BetterHelp was found almost a decade ago and is an online portal that provides direct to customer access to mental health services. The online counseling and therapy services are provided through web-based interaction as well as phone and text communication. For 10% off your first month of therapy, use the promo code DROPOUTTOJD or go to www.betterhelp.com backslash DROPOUTTOJD. Lastly, if you or someone you know would like to be interviewed or featured on this podcast, please send an email to info at from dropouttojd.com or fill out this inquiry form that's listed in the description. Now, without further ado, here's Ross's episode. Hi, welcome back to another episode of From Dropout to JD. I'm your host Adesola, and today we have a special guest. Say hi to Ross.
1: Hi, uh, I'm Ross Parton. I am. Uh, I just finished my two L year at Ohio State University. Uh, I'm about to turn 26 here in a week. Uh, and when I was in undergrad, uh, my second semester, I dropped out of college uh, and took about a year and a half to get back into it.
0: Okay, um, why did you drop out?
1: Sure. So I graduated from high school with an abysmal GT GPA uh, and a fairly good SAT ACT. Uh, I went to Bowling Green State University, uh, which is north of my hometown by about an hour and a half here in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, in my first semester, took five classes and failed four of them, got a B in one of them, and was put on all sorts of academic probations, Uh, and so I just decided to leave uh, during my second semester I did so poorly because I simply refused to attend class. I just did not go. <laughs> uh, I spent pretty much every day hanging out with my roommate, my next door neighbor, and then going out at night.
0: <laughs> that is so candid. Oh my god, that's so real. Um, yeah, I definitely can relate to that. Um When I started this podcast, I assumed there'd be more people who dropped out just because of being, I guess, irresponsible. But you're the first who—that's where that's been the case, which kind of makes me feel a little bad. But also, it's my story, so I can't be mad at it. Um, but so what changed? Like, did where did you? Yeah, I guess what changed between the first time and the second time you went to college?
1: Sure. I so I, looking back, uh. My roommate dropped out uh, about a week before I did. And our next door neighbor had dropped out over the winter break. Uh, So we were all just kind of falling. uh, And, you know, it made me look around uh, and be like, well, okay, I messed it up this time. I'm going to get out. I'm going to take a break. I don't know what I'm going to do after. But I really, I really dropped the ball here. So I went back home uh, with my mom, took up a job uh, as a door-to-door Salesman with True Green, lawn care specialist. That was fine, but not great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was not a great time for me to be a salesman. Uh, I wasn't feeling, you know, fantastic. Uh, So I ended up at Chipotle, which company I really liked working for uh, actually. And uh, started to look around and and think about how I could just change something. Cause I was back in my hometown after having dropped out and I felt like that wasn't working for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a lot of family out West and I just decided to completely uh, upend everything and I moved to Seattle. Uh, I I lived with my grandfather for a while out there and uh, he was kind, amenable to whatever I wanted to do, but he knew I wanted to get back into school and he lived right next to a community college. And so uh, within three months of moving there, I was enrolled and uh, ready to get started at Olympic College. So uh, what changed was I stopped, kind of realized that, what I was doing was too little to succeed. Uh, there was a minimum amount of effort that I had to have and I felt I could better achieve that if I just had a a change in circumstances. So I moved across the country.
0: Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, I also worked at Chipotle after leaving school. So that's really (laughs) cool. Um, but so you think like the new environment is what kind of shifted perspective or yeah, like,
1: yeah, I guess I, I knew I'd wanted to go to school. Okay. Uh, I like academic rigor. At that point, I thought maybe it's not for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe I just, you know, get a, uh uh my, my mental stimulation somewhere else. But I, I knew that was what I wanted to do. And I knew I had to find a way to get that. The new environment just helped me, you know, like new home, new me, uh, and it was away from all of the people who I had been out partying with, going out with, mm-hmm. and the people who I felt close to from back home, I could stay in touch with. And those who I didn't, I could leave behind. Okay. Uh, and I just had to make new friends out West.
0: Okay. And I'm curious, did you come from a background that was, like, super big on education? Like, were your parents upset when you dropped out? Like, what was that like?
1: My dad had always been very... Uh, serious about me going to college Mm -hmm. but he'd also always acknowledged that I didn't have to he had gone to college uh he was not the first in his family but his father was so my grandpa was Hmm. um and on my mom's side I believe that I was the first to go to college or at least no I was the first to finish college when I did many years (laughs) later Uh, I was not the first to go uh, so that side of the family, no, was not big on education. And my dad's side was very, uh, open to the idea that you don't have to have an education, but definitely wanted it. Uh, mm-hmm. my mom, because no one on her side of the family had really completed an education wanted me to, she thought that I could and thought that I should.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so disappointed, uh, not heartbroken, not upset. Okay. Uh, I mean, upset, but not like, uh enough to either cut contact or, you know, stop supporting me. They were all very supportive the entire time, but I did not come from a highly educated family. So it wasn't a, a point of family prestige or anything like that.
0: Okay. Mine was a little different because my dad got his master's and he is an immigrant. And I don't know if you know about like the whole immigrant narrative, but they're really big on education. Cause you know, this is a land of opportunity, but to get that opportunity, you need to have a degree, which is funny because i feel like nowadays you can't be super successful being like a twitch streamer or something so um yeah a little different in that regard but that's it's interesting that so then who supported you through like school because i feel like that's a huge part of the journey is like having a support system help you did you have anyone like that
1: i've always been fairly self-sufficient and solitary uh even in high school Uh, I I lived with my mom primarily, uh, up until the 10th, 11th grade. I moved in with my dad and he basically was like home by whatever time seems reasonable to you. Let me know. Uh, you can do whatever you want, explore your hobbies, your interests, and let me know if I can help out. So I've always been fairly self-sufficient. When I moved to Washington, I lived with my grandfather in a very small house. So I had him pretty much every day to come (laughs) home to me, you know, retired. Uh, and then when I transferred from Olympic college to George Washington,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, I was again moving across the country from Washington state to Washington, DC. And I didn't really have anyone out there. Uh, but the entire time we are, you know, 21st century. So I have everyone who I had from back home, my, my close friends, Mm -hmm. my current roommate and, and close friends since high school uh my mom my dad my grandpa still just uh, electronically rather than in person
0: right right so why why did you move from seattle to D- i i know why you moved but like why did you switch colleges is what i'm trying to say
1: <laughs> uh olympic college only has two year programs oh, uh, i needed okay. to go to a four year program and i was looking at where i could get in state tuition uh oh. and so gw's private uh, mm-hmm. An out-of-state tuition at University of Washington was almost as expensive as GW, oh. uh, so the only place I could get in-state tuition because of a thing called Forever Buckeye, if you graduate from an Ohio High School, you're always in-state tuition eligible no matter where you move to. Oh, wow. Uh, and okay. I had. I was a Forever Buckeye, so I could go back to Ohio if I wanted, but I thought that was way too soon. Um, so I learned about GW from a friend who was going there uh, they were they were about to start there and I really had always been interested in international affairs seemed like a great program for that uh, so I decided on that because cost-wise it was just as bad as going to the University of Washington mm-hmm. uh, because I'd gone to Washington State and started an education right away so you don't actually get residency time for that uh, period if you're if you're getting an education at that time so oh.
0: damn okay that's so interesting that's cool that's when we went to george washington it's a really good school that's really impressive
1: it is a good school i liked it uh my gpa at olympic college was better than any gpa i've ever had i got a b in a coding class and yeah. that was it i the rest were a's i mean like
0: oh, i'm wow. surprised
1: i did that to this day i i really not good at school i <laughs> Uh, very mediocre in law school GPA and a, just an okay GPA at GW.
0: Yeah, so that leads me to my next question. Um, where did law school fit into everything considering what you just said about your relationship with school?
1: Yeah, so I like school. I like learning. I like okay. researching. I am not good at it. Uh, <laughs> I am not good at maintaining assignments. Uh, one thing I like about law school is that it is just the final exam.
0: That's true. Uh,
1: People don't like that. I love it. That's 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 it for me. Uh, so law school was always on the plate, uh, always an option, but I knew that with my academic history, it might not be easy.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: I knew I'd have to do well in the LSAT. I believe that I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, but. I looked around at people who graduated with my degree from George Washington and they worked at Deloitte and I realized that I wasn't going to work at Deloitte my whole life it's just not the kind of work that I could do that I wanted to do and then I wasn't going to get into the state department because I'd done too many different drugs too recently what uh like it, it's not even like bad stuff they just like they're very picky in washington oh it was a legal state i don't know like it's uh they're very picky <laughs> about your background check and how many years ago you have to have last smoked weed Oh my God. i was 21 in washington state and i'm like hey. i am not going to uh, <laughs> i am not going to comply with the state department regulations so I have to do something else. And, uh, uh, you know, legal writing seemed very interesting research, litigation, competition. I've always been a very competitive person. I like a competitive environment, mm. uh, at GW at Olympic college. Uh, I helped either found board game clubs or chess clubs. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I, I like rules and I know it's kind of silly to compare litigation to board games, but it's just the idea that I like having kind of a set standard of rules, opponents, Mm -hmm. clear defined roles, and you're just trying to do the best you can in that position.
0: Right. So did you like the LSAT because of that? I like
1: certain parts of the LSAT. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I used Khan Academy. Shout out to West Virginia University School of Law for sending me a promotional email saying like, have you tried Khan Academy for the LSAT? I was like, no, I have not. And I did. And it was fantastic. I loved using Khan Academy for the LSAT uh one thing that showed me was that for reading comprehension Mm -hmm. uh I was really good at it when it was a science or history subject and I was really bad at it when it was culture art so whether or not I did well on that was just depending on if I was actually interested in the subject or not and then logic games (laughs) logical reasoning all fine they're fun I like logic games those were good uh and the rest of the LSAT it's just you know learn the tricks to it and you're fine
0: right right and that's what I've been realizing I'm like four weeks into my LSAT prep course um it's going well um I'll give like a better update later on but it really it feels like kind of what um Elliot talked about in the previous episode where she was talking about how it's kind of like setting for a math test where you just need to like keep drilling the problems over and over again versus like I don't know, a humanities course. Um, so I think after hearing that and approaching like that, I feel like confident that I can keep just practicing problems like, over and over again. So yeah, that's where I'm at with that.
1: It, there's only so many different combinations of logic that they can yeah. use. And at some point you've, you've literally seen every style of question that they have and they okay. just repeat them and you just learn that. And it's like, it, it can come down to hours just the amount of hours you want to put into to learning that and finding that pattern
0: right okay that makes me feel better um I want to go back a little bit you said that you went to law school because you didn't want to go to something with like a d like do it or
1: Deloitte? <laughs> Deloitte is a major Deloitte. consulting firm yeah
0: oh okay it's a consulting firm okay yeah cool.
1: I, 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 a lot of people in the GW kind of community make fun of it because so many GW grads go to Deloitte and, Deloitte. like, working at Deloitte in the D.C. area is kind of a joke uh, about you're selling out for the, uh, you're selling out for your degree. You know, you got to pay that, that debt back so you go to Deloitte kind of stuff.
0: Okay, interesting. So, because you were going to do Deloitte, you are like, let me just sign up for law school.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't really have that many job options. I could have gone to something unrelated to international affairs, and that's okay. what law is. but. Right. I, uh, I always knew that this was something I'd be interested in. And uh, a lot of things people say you got to watch out for in law school. Don't worry me that much. The biggest one, I guess, that does worry me is that like, if you don't get good grades, you're not getting into big law. But
0: well, interesting.
1: I, I, it's yeah, I, the, some people like to pretend like you can get into big law with bad grades, but that's less than 1% of people who do. And even then you have to have like decent grades. Um,
0: Right.
1: But I would not have survived a big law anyways. I am anathema to working 70 hours a week. I cannot do that.
0: Right. Uh, Yeah. I'm still torn on the big law thing because I also agree that I believe that you don't have to go to Harvard to get into big law. Like you just have to know the game well enough to like position yourself to get that opportunity with like with any job um and it's i want to know the legal legalities of working that many hours in a week i think it's because of billable hours and like whatever that setup is but it's just crazy that you really are working like 12 hour days and that's just the norm and they don't see that as like a health risk
1: or they do and they're just like hey it's a health risk with a $30,000 bonus if I right. hit that number, you know?
0: That's true. God. So you're not even a little bit intrigued or, like, by the prospect of making that much money, in considering the debt you have?
1: At this point, I'm not in the running. Uh,
0: okay.
1: I am. So I, Ohio State is best school in Ohio. Regionally oh, okay. decent school. Uh, there are a lot of schools in, you know, Chicago that are ranked higher. University of Minnesota ranked higher. But okay. regionally, pretty good. I have a lot of friends going into big law around here. Uh, Jones Day, Voris, right. Uh And they are all top 10% of the class, if not higher. Mm-hmm. And I am somewhere around the 50th percentile. I do better than about half the people I'm with. I do worse than about half the people that I'm with. Okay. And it's very, it's another one of those things where it's like really course dependent. Some courses I do incredibly well at and some I do very poorly at and then they average out.
0: Okay. Damn, I love your candidness. This is such a great interview. Um, It's making me feel better about my, the way I do school because I'm not a bad student, um, but I definitely just like sometimes sometimes there are certain classes that I get along with and some that I don't and I like what you say like I agree with that um but I don't feel like like good about it like I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to like figure out a new way of like doing this difficult thing that I am not good at naturally um so it's interesting to hear you just be like so like nonchalant or just like super definitive about it
1: it's one of those things I just had I've had to live with long enough that I've gotten used mm-hmm. to uh, yeah. there's always been some inconsistency with how I view my talents and abilities with where I am ranked in academic systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I considered myself definitely top 10 smartest people in my high, top 10% smartest people in my high school. Okay, I'd put myself in that in that range, despite having a GPA at high school that was in the bottom 40%. I understand that these metrics do not align with your skills and abilities. Hmm. Uh, and so the question you have to ask yourself is, given that failing, whether or not it's a failing of the system, given, given that mismatch uh, of the system to skills and abilities, are you still going to be able to do something that lets you use your skills and abilities to grow a career? And the skills and abilities that you have, can you grow a career off of that? And I think, even though law school doesn't quite match up you, the skill of being a lawyer right. with your grade and GPA, I'm still going to be able to have a career here that is meaningful and successful. And I also think the skills that I have that don't match up with their ranking system uh, are going to be ones that I can build a career off of. So, right. even though I am not weighted highly in the system of law school, mm-hmm. And I accept that, and I've had to, and I just get used to that. Uh, it's not going to change at this point. Uh, the opportunity to change it is really long gone at this point, unless I cali four of the five classes. I just finished my finals in. Uh, I you know it, it's just something I've had to to come to terms with, and so it's not too hard to speak about. I I know that's how it is, and I still feel confident moving forward.
0: Okay. Um... There's like two questions I want to ask. And I'm trying to figure out which one I should ask first. I think um, what I'll ask is like, you're the first person I've interviewed who is like actively in law school. Mm. Um, so could you kind of share, like, what law school like like weird experience with it, what it's like? Can you like quantify it or at all?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I, in addition to dropping out of undergrad, mm-hmm. dropped out of law school. <laughs> Uh with a leave of absence. It wasn't really dropping out. Know, I was still on good terms with OSU the whole time. But 2019, I start. I'm feeling very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all those core classes. In at OSU, you take con law, your second year. Okay. So you actually get an elective your first year. Uh, it's usually kind of a fun no, no, no. class. Uh I take gig employment uh and employment law. Uh really like the professor. Rosa Jones, she's great. I have now taken multiple courses from her. There's no Labor and Employment Law Association here. So I start one. Oh, I get wow. a lot of good people in. It's actually something I looked for at all the law schools. And then I emailed after I accepted it at OSU, the guy who runs it, and he's mm-hmm. like, I graduated like three years ago. I don't know why I'm listed. I would assume that means that it doesn't exist anymore if I'm still there. Oh wow. And so I was like, okay. Uh it's so like I kind of knew coming in, I want to do that. I get my grades back. Mm-hmm. in the middle of playing DD with a bunch of my like law school friends. And I can tell, you know, like uh, one of them very happy, a bunch of them not actually checking. I try and continue <laughs> on. I can't, I can't wait. I, I, I don't have that self-control. Uh, I see that I have incredibly mediocre across the board grades, except one very good and one pretty bad, which puts me just over the 50th percentile. We end into spring of 2020 two things happen uh one unrelated to the pandemic i rupture my achilles tendon playing soccer
0: oh damn uh
1: so i am (laughs) like undergoing surgery while trying to interview for these summer jobs uh like in a boot and a cast uh i up securing employment uh at a firm that i just left they're fantastic huge uh workers compensation firm a volume workers comp practice in columbus uh I I learned a lot they were awesome but then the pandemic hit so now we're online and I decide to ask that firm if instead of going back to school they would take me on full-time for the school year
0: oh uh
1: and they'd never done anything like that but they said yeah that sounds good to us I went to the school and they said your scholarship is good for like six years as long as uh you complete all your semesters within that time it might have been five six semesters over five years Mm -hmm. uh so as long as you complete it in that timeline you're good you can take the leave of absence we're being very generous with them due to covid okay i take the year off uh so i just came back from my 2l year all my friends who i made one L year graduating right now uh so i get to kind of see what they are going and doing which is very interesting um But that did make my law school experience a little weird because going into 2L year, I really didn't know anyone
0: Mm.
1: uh, who was in my class anymore. A lot of my classes were full of 2Ls who all bonded over their online 1L year. And I didn't have that. And I really, you know, like, I don't know. I felt like I was uh, left out of a lot of the jokes there. But I don't regret what I did. I got a lot of good experience there.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, Law school itself, I mean, it's reading and then joking with other people. You gave up on the reading and then... (laughs) scrambling to get outlines trying to learn what that professor's style is Mm. uh what their exams are like and then trying to fit into it it was different because my first year it was four hour exams in person time pressure was on and that was intentional uh whereas this year a lot of the professors have abandoned that style entirely they're giving you eight hour take-home exams word Uh, that they say are the same four-hour exams, meaning they're abandoning time pressure uh, as a concept. So it's been quite an adjustment. Uh, I find myself using seven hours on almost all of them Uh, nearly the entire new time. Uh, Some have word limits, some don't. But yeah, I mean, law school fairly simple and it can be fun uh you you do the reading you show up to class you got to show up you got to be there uh try and participate cold calls i've never had a problem speaking uh on the spot publicly uh so they're not a big issue for me i understand a lot lot of people with a different experience with public speaking really Mm -hmm. hate them and it makes sense uh I've had some cold calls where I'm reading out of the book as I'm being cold called to get the answer. They're always a little fun. Your heart's kind of racing. You're like, I'm gonna say something incredibly stupid because I did not read this, but I, I don't wanna tell the professor I didn't read this, because it's really mm-hmm. awkward. There mm-hmm. are times when like six or seven people in a row were like, Oh professor, I'm sorry I didn't do the God. reading for today. It's so uncomfortable. Damn. So at some point I'm just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna see if I can just wing this. Uh but yeah, I mean so It depends on your professors entirely their style what they like how they lecture what their exams are like but the substance of law school itself uh you you treat it like a a nine to five you know you show up at the law school you take your classes in between classes you read sometimes on the weekend you read and I feel like you can have a, a lot of life outside of it it's really not too constricting or I haven't found it to be maybe that's why I'm in the 50th percentile
0: Okay um I have this like theory that school is like a huge waste of time regardless of like where you go unless you're like a writer going to like a writer program and you can like work on your craft but even then it's like is it really worth all that money so like when you worked with that law firm are you learning things in school that are helping you do that or is it like more on the job type of like learning
1: the only thing that school really helped with for the law firm Mm -hmm. uh there were two points one is just more writing i mean a lot of being a lawyer is writing at some point so school just gives you a volume of writing you take a legal writing class appellate advocacy classes trial classes and exams and between all of that just a huge volume of writing and that can be incredibly useful because legal writing is a little different than most all other writing Mm -hmm. uh so that was very useful i was not used to legal writing style Uh, and two and this was just kind of fortuitous there were just some issues that i happened to cover in my classes that then became relevant in the practice. Oh, cool. uh, so I could be like, oh, we just went over this. I think it's like this. So specifically, Ohio changed its rules of civil procedure for state court, workers' comp, almost entirely state court. Okay. Uh, pretty much everything. I, I actually, I, I never touched federal court. We have a small practice that does federal court in our firm, but I didn't touch it. So everything I did was in Ohio state courts. And in the time that I was there, they switched to have their pre-trial rule rule 23 mirror the federal rule so i was taking civil procedure learning about the federal rules and pre-trial procedures as ohio was switching to those exact same rules uh so that was super convenient because i was just like actually i know exactly what this is supposed to be like uh so that was the 2 times school actually helped uh writing okay. experience and fortuitously ohio switched rules as i was learning it
0: word okay um so I just got a timer saying there's like 10 minutes left I do not know what that's about but um we have 10 minutes left I guess um so hmm so that's interesting
1: to take up on the other part of that uh the work experience learning on the job was most of it uh and I feel like taught me a lot more about the practice of law than anything else uh I wouldn't have traded that for anything. I think that should have counted for a year of law school, uh, unequivocally. I'd like Law school should be one year and one year of what I did. Uh, you don't need the bar exam either. I mean, honestly, like I think there should be a system where you can take the bar exam or go to law school and law school should be two years, one of them in a classroom oh, okay. and one of them as a practicum or three years, two classroom, one practicum, then no bar exam.
0: Right.
1: Uh, I, I think a bar exam and law school is redundant. I think law school is mostly pointless. Uh, And I think it should be two years with a practicum rather than three years of in-class education where you, I don't know. I mean, if you want to be a professor, it makes sense. But get an LLM if you want to have right. that system, you know, that makes more sense to me.
0: Right. I, you know, even as you were saying that, I agree with all that you're saying. Um. But then I'm like, I also do like the classroom environment where you get to like bounce ideas off each other and like have a discussion over topics you can't really find that outside of the academic you know uh environment arena I don't know um so I'm looking forward to that because I just like intellectual stimulating conversation so I think that's I want to throw that in before people think that I'm just so anti-school there there's more to it than that
1: I have to agree. I mean, that's why I've always said I like school despite being bad at it. Uh, the actual in-class participation part is is really fun. You know, you're talking okay. to a lot of really smart people. Getting into law school is not easy. You have to have some skills to do it. I mean, you're going to find people in your law school class, or so you're just like, oh, that guy's not that smart. But you know what? He actually really, <laughs> truly is. To get there, he's at least got some amount of talent. Uh, and even though compared to all these other brilliant people, they they don't shine. Okay. Uh, it is a lot of fun conversations a lot of really clever people
0: okay word uh that that's true like i'm experiencing right now all the hoops i'm jumping through just to get to i don't know where um to do i don't know what but
1: i see you've got your duke law sweater on uh where, where are you looking at
0: my sister is going to do Law. So I got this when we visited. Um, and like also when I visited with her, I kind of fell in love with the school. But um, my grades are trash. But at the same time, I have a really impressive resume. I just got accepted into a Congressional Caucus internship, which is in D.C., which I'm leaving for in two weeks, which honestly listed on Reddit as a T4 soft, which I don't get, but um, Reddit it seems just like a cesspool of bullshit. I don't understand half the stuff that goes on on those forums. Um, even though this is that it was that's how I made um connections with all my guests, so I guess I am a little grateful to Reddit. But um, to circle back, yeah, I do want to go to Duke Law. <laughs> yeah, but um, realistically, like I guess my Oh no, what happened? Okay, whoops, Um, a pop-up came up on my screen. Um, Miami law is something I feel like I could get into that I'm interested in. I like the location. I feel like I could live there as an adult. Um, I would love to spend time on the beach. I feel like that would make school more interesting for me, even though that's shallow, that's true. Um, California, maybe, it's just really expensive, but I could live there. I was actually, I'm going to DC and I might be moving there permanently. So if I do that, I was looking at George Washington, which is funny that you mentioned that. Um, did you like, is Ohio cold? Like, did you, were you able to deal with the winters?
1: I grew up here. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. So that was no issue to me. Uh, it does get cold here. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're from Texas, you're probably going to complain. I've got a good friend from law yeah. school. He's from Florida. He's moving back to Florida. Uh, immediately he's graduating now so he's probably gone within a week uh because yeah I, as a southerner he was not a fan of the Ohio climate yeah
0: no yeah I don't like <laughs> I don't like it I don't get it it makes me grumpy I feel like it makes <laughs> other people grumpy and they're not aware of it because they're so used to it but when I lived in New Jersey everyone there was just on edge like low-key miserable high-key miserable the it was just a trash environment, even though I made some good connections and the people, like not everyone's terrible in New Jersey. Y'all have the shore. So like, I'll give y'all that. Um, but yeah, what else would you consider? Like, what do you think people should consider when looking into law schools besides location?
1: Uh, so if you're looking into law schools and you have an area of law you want to go into, Mm -hmm. uh, looking at their rating for that, it's not going to be huge, uh, a huge factor. I mean, your biggest factors are going to be ranking and cost, Uh, As much as people I find people really like to dance around subjects like that. But the ranking is super important. Law is Mm -hmm. a prestige based field as much as I personally disagree with that, uh, as much as I really don't like the way that people uh, judge other people based on the ranking of your law school, Mm -hmm. there are firms that will never hire an associate outside of a certain (laughs) ranking uh years down the line i mean there are firms who care about your grades years into your career it is just absolutely astonishing to me that they do that but it's just true and you don't have to worry about it you get to pretend like it's okay when you have good grades or go to a good law school uh but i think it's absolutely insane to go to people who are looking into law school and be like oh don't worry about it that much but I mean, if you go to a tier three law school and mm-hmm. it's absolutely free, it still might be worth it. I mean, getting a a, a bar, light, you know, getting barred in a state is, is huge. And if you do that for okay. free, if they're paying for your room and board, if they're paying, you know, it still could be worth it. But that's why it's rating versus cost. That's going to be the primary consideration, in my opinion.
0: Okay. Rating versus cost.
1: All of so, my... sorry. Mm-hmm. All the schools that I got into were in a similar rating range and almost all of them gave me a similar financial aid package. OSU was in the middle of that pack uh, and the cheapest. So I got to throw in the extra factor of I'm coming home after like five years. so My mom's super happy with it. Mm-hmm. So OSU did have a little boost of something that wasn't ratings versus cost. But that's because otherwise all the schools I got into evened out
0: yeah I have a little sister who I love and adore and I told her I'm moving to DC and she was like so upset she was like you can't leave like dad says you can't dad didn't say that <laughs> but um but uh even now I'm getting emotional but I definitely think that family is huge so that's something I think I need to start thinking about as well um we have I think two minutes left Um, Is there any advice you want to give to someone who had a similar dropout experience to you?
1: Yeah, it's learning to deal with uh, the things that made you drop out in the first place can be very difficult for someone who dropped out due to just like goofing around rather than serious medical issues or anything. Uh, I find that you really can't dwell on the fact that you dropped out. You can't let that be an impediment to yourself moving forward. Uh, It's about looking at that next step and that next step only. You don't have to view yourself in a grandeur, uh, with a sense of grandeur. You don't have to view yourself as a one overlying arc. You can just say, all right, the next thing I got to do to get back into school is apply. Next thing I got to do is finish this assignment. Next thing I do is sign up for the next classes. It's only one step ahead. One step's very easy to take. Uh, You don't have to look at the whole big picture all the time. You will overwhelm yourself in that kind of situation.
0: Word, and we have one minute left. And usually I ask, um, do you regret anything? But I think a better question would be, how did you approach your academic addendum since you didn't have like a medical reasoning?
1: After we your, talked about this, I went and looked into it.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, and it's literally like three sentences. It's oh. like <laughs> I had really bad grades. They're carrying down my GPA. Those bad grades were a result of negligence that you'll see. I didn't say negligence. That's that's were the result of very poor decisions uh that you'll see I have stopped making and, and do not continue okay. to make. Uh and that was it. I kept it as short and sweet as I could. Uh I could send you it. And it really just based on the advice of all the people I was with as minimal as possible, because I don't want to be like, I did drugs. uh...
0: (laughs) Okay. Respect. Well, thank you so much, Ross, for this conversation. This was super enjoyable. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. It's a very interesting podcast and good luck with your law school search.
0: Thank you. Bye guys. Bye.